and welcome back to Biden Our Time. For this week, we have a special guest, Dr. Strong. Dr. Strong is a professor here at the University of Arkansas at Monticello and is actually my professor for American National Government. I asked her to explain what executive orders are, how they are supposed to be used, and how they can be challenged. So sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to learn a little bit more about executive orders. So what is an executive order? So an executive order is a rule or an order made by the President of the United States. I mean, that's an obvious first stab at it. But it tells agencies and other offices of the federal government the things that they have to do. So with the executive orders, these are things that are meant to be directives from the president that will either clarify his or her stance on a position or will try and, and clarify what an agency needs to do in order to fulfill what they have been required to do. So why do you believe that Biden has enacted so many executive orders so far in his presidency? Okay, well, one of the first things that I would say is that he has only enacted 34, and I did just say only, because Donald Trump actually enacted 220 during his presidency, Obama did 276, George Bush did 291, and Clinton did 364. So this is something that modern presidents have actually been doing increasingly more as time goes on. Donald Trump was infamous for trying to actually create an executive order to try and get things to go along the way that he wanted it to go. And if you notice, some of his executive orders were challenged in court and others were not challenged in court. So if they were challenged in court and they were not creating laws, then they were allowed to stand. But if it was challenged in court and they were actually sort of censored on it, what they were basically saying is that he had put forth an executive order that was blurring the boundaries between what was acceptable to be an executive order and what was not. A number of the executive orders that Biden has been doing has actually been in reference to certain executive orders that Donald Trump put during his presidency that he is reversing the trend and actually sort of trying to create a different direction. So his orders can be challenged as well. And he has come out publicly and said that he is going to do less executive orders than others because he doesn't think that's actually the right way to conduct business within the United States. Now, that remains to be seen. He's only in his first 100 days of office. And so, therefore, at the end of his first term, he may have, you know, 150 or he may have 500. You know what I mean? We really can't tell until we're at the end of his term. But as far as right now, there was a flurry of executive orders that were made just before the end of Donald Trump's presidency that he has said that he is trying to change direction. And so therefore he is, he is approaching those executive orders done by Trump so that he can then proceed in a different direction. So when he proceeds in a different direction, if somebody was to disagree with the executive order that he put in place, who actually begins the challenging of an executive order and how can it be voided? Voided is something that is, I would say, is not really the right way to look at this. I actually don't really like the idea that his approach is to overturn all those that Trump did, because I think we should have sanctioned Trump on what should have been an executive order and what shouldn't have been, and before him, Barack Obama, and before him, George Bush, and before him, Bill Clinton. I think that this is just perpetuating on a trend that is not very helpful, because executive orders actually are not law in the sense of other laws. They have great influence because the president has put it forward. 
forward, but at the same time, they aren't actually laws that are enacted that the people have to follow. So let's use the Paris Peace Climate, for instance. First of all, Donald Trump gave an executive order to get us out of it. So Joe Biden is doing an executive order to get into it. And so he is ultimately sort of challenging what he saw as Donald Trump's work. However, what people have to understand is that just because we are a member of that organization doesn't actually make anything happen. It just says that we as a nation are committed to trying to live up to the standards that the Paris Peace Climate Accord actually puts forth. And then the companies themselves have to actually decide to do that, which a lot of them have, by the way. I do need to point that out, that a lot of the businesses actually are committed to trying to have greener output and lower carbon emissions and different things like that to try and endorse environmental politics. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is just kind of almost like a directive to say this is the direction that the country is going and then people have to choose to actually follow it or not. So, for instance, when you saw Donald Trump basically closing the borders to Muslims coming in in his first part of his presidency, this one was something that was more than just directing our approach to immigration. This was actually trying to create an actual law that was going to come into effect and was going to change the way the immigration department was running. And so the challenge has to come from the people that should actually be doing that to show that they are the people that should be doing it as opposed to the president. So it would start because in, a, in our legal process, just because someone doesn't like what's going on doesn't mean that they can just go after it. They can send an email to Joe Biden, but one person is getting emails from an awful lot of people. So it's not likely that you're going to actually get to Joe Biden, but you could petition your congressmen and women and actually pressure them to challenge Joe Biden on that. And keeping in mind that Congress is the ones that are actually going to make the laws that are going to determine whether we're going to make the standards that are put out by this peace accord. Biden alone can't actually make anything happen. He can just basically say, this is the direction that we're going, and then Congress has to decide to actually make those laws happen. If they can't do it, then somebody that should be able to do it or someone that is harmed by his policies can go to a lawyer and can talk to a lawyer and make a case as to how his policies have actually impacted their life negatively, and then it goes into the court system. And with the court system, you have several different ways of actually moving forward. If it is a true criminal defense where have two different parties involved in the case and they are actually fighting it out with each other, then, then the charges are going to fall on whoever is bringing the case and whoever's not. But when it has to do with civil liberties and it has to do with something that some actor of the government has enacted on a citizen, then there are different approaches that you can take to get your case heard in court to where you only pay if you are unsuccessful or they have fee shifting. You know what I mean? They want to make sure that that case is heard. And that's why you heard a flurry of different things. The California was the one that really challenged Trump's agendas on the border closing. And then the California courts heard it. And then ultimately it could then get up to the Supreme Court. The election challenges that Donald Trump had effectively Trump's lawyers could launch a challenge to what he saw as something that kept him from being able to get the office, but the different states themselves could have basically put forth a court case as well 
which many of them did, that would then go through the court system and it, and it would make its way up ultimately to the Supreme Court. A lot of times the reason you heard, because you, you heard a lot of things with John Roberts and his court making a decision one way or the other, if the government is one of the actors that is suing or being sued, then it's going to go straight to the Supreme Court. So you're going to have the Supreme Court come out and basically make a decision for it. But again, everything in our government is meant to sort of tie together and link together. And no one person should be able to make decisions that ultimately impact on people's everyday life if we are going to pursue his executive orders. Now, again, many of them are overturning previous orders. So that would have to be write your Congress people to initiate legislation to actually make laws about it in Congress. Yeah, you know, that that's one way that could actually happen and have it go through that. He would still have the chance to veto or not veto the law. But by the time it went through Congress, it would have had to have gone through a lot more conversation and a lot more debate. If it's if it's something else, then they can just sort of continue to do what they're doing, at which point someone will then have an opening to take them to court and still at that point get some kind of focus on what has happened that should happen and what should ha what shouldn't happen. As I tell you in class, the Constitution sets out the fundamental laws and then all of the other legal codes say what is supposed to happen. But that doesn't mean that people are going to do it. And as soon as they do it, they're not going to get an electric shock to stop them from doing it. So when you look at Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush's or Clinton's executive orders, what's going to happen is that you're going to look at the, the body of that knowledge. And some of them, you're going to clearly say, yes, that's an executive order. And I may not like it, but that's an executive order. Other ones you're going to look at and say, that's clearly not just an executive order, and that one needs somebody to take a case against it because they have tried to see what they can get away with. You may not agree with the direction that, that they're going in, but that, that doesn't mean that everything is going to change overnight. Thank you so much, Dr. Strong, for all the amazing information on executive orders and your insight into how the government was set up and how its rules allows us citizens to speak up for the things we agree and don't agree with going on in the world. On the next Biden Our Time podcast, watch out for another special guest. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you learned more about the nature of executive orders and how they impact us.